What is happening, everyone? Welcome back to the show. This is Harmonic Whiskey Tales. So what I thought I'd do is um, maybe get back to a few of the episodes where I was um, kind of going over some tech news and some gadgets and some reviews of various things I've been purchasing recently. Um, I thought that might be quite cool. And maybe talk about kind of what's going on in the world of, I don't know, technology and gadgets. Because if you listen to the show, you know that I'm into all that sort of stuff. So... Um, yeah, so I thought I'd just take you through a few things. So, got my cup of tea here. It's a bit early for whiskey, unfortunately. Although I've been drinking this rather nice Balvenie 17 year old, which I hadn't drunk for a while and I had a weekend away drinking it, and now it's just become a complete addiction. But it's far too expensive to keep drinking, and it's probably a bit too dangerous to uh, keep drinking it. So, I have a, I don't know, about two inches in a bottle left. So I'm trying to just ease my way through that and then I'll probably have to take a bit of a break for a while. So anyway, um, what's going on then? So I guess recent um, purchase that I bought, which I thought I'd talk about, is the um, I bought the new Ultimate Ears uh, Hyperboom, which is their big kind of, well, it's their biggest speaker they do. It's like a 24-hour battery life. It's this big kind of monolithic, rectangular beast of a thing. And it's fucking huge. Like, you don't quite realise how big it is. Like, when I, I bought it online, and then um, uh, when I went to go pick it up, well, there's a few JB Hi-Fi and stuff, so I went to go pick it up, and it was like, oh, shit, it's quite big. Because <laughs> it's, um, I mean, it's like, it's almost like a big, beefy bookshelf speaker, really. Um, six hundred dollars retail Australian, but I got it down to five fifty on JB, um, which is a pretty good price for it, really. If you think about some of the other um, kind of uh, sizes they do, it's not hugely more expensive, really. And as I said, it's like twenty four battery life. It's got kind of splash proof rating and a bit of rain proof. It's not fully waterproof like their other um, products are. Um, I'm just going to see if I can find out more the ultimate is website actually isn't um super it doesn't really yeah it's weird they don't really tell you that much about it it's not the greatest um so yeah i mean you've got the little wonder boom two which is a little thing then you've got a boom three then you've got a mega boom three and then it kind of goes up to this um hyper boom but i was thinking i mean the the sound on on the on the hyper boom that i've got it is pretty amazing um it's quite bassy but when you're outside which i guess is the intended use for it it sounds fine like it's good but if you're in a room it can get a bit boomy which i guess is in the, in the title so um but see what i think is if you paired up um, and because it's ultimate ears, you can get the app and you can pair up like multiple speakers all together playing the same audio. So what I'd do, if I was going for some sort of nice audio setup that was also a bit more portable, I'd get a hyper boom and maybe two of the boom threes or mega boom threes or something like that. Probably the boom threes because um, you just want something to just fill the, uh, I don't know, the mids and the highs a bit, which I think the boom three would do quite nicely. So if you've got one of these hyper booms and two boom threes, you'd have a nice stereo image going on. You'd have the really good bass from the hyper boom, which is essentially like a subwoofer, a sort of bass it can produce. It's insane. Um, and I think for like under $1,000 Australian, that would be, you'd have a pretty decent system. And for the money, I don't know 
in terms of portability and ease of connection, the fact that you can just put it in any room you want and then just move one of the speakers around if you want to just take it out in the garden, I think it'd be really awesome. And then just as a really nice kind of audio setup, which you could theoretically just use as like a, a TV speaker setup as well. Um, it's almost making kind of like your own custom, um, like your own custom sonos kind of surround system sort of but um it's uh, uh it's super cool though i mean um i'm just gonna go back to the website it's weird that they don't oh there you go i found a page with a bit more stuff so it's um let's try and take you through some of the specs so you can connect any boom mega boom or even another hyper boom uh to actually create this kind of big sound for it um it's splash proof, so it's an IPX4 rating, so it's like good for spills and splashes and a bit of rain and stuff, so that's pretty sweet. Um, it won't go submerged or anything like that like their other speakers can, um, but you wouldn't, you'd drown with it if you tried to do that. It's fucking heavy. I mean, it's got this like nice rubberized carry handle as well, which is pretty cool. So, um, And while that is kind of portable, it is pretty heavy. I mean, you can use it as a good workout tool, I reckon, if you forgot your dumbbells, but... Um, and then it's got this really nice kind of one-touch music control system, so you can kind of uh, play, pause, and skip. Um, their website's really shit. They've got, like, images going over text. It's like it's not flowing properly, but that might be Safari. But anyway. um, so you can play, pause, and skip tracks directly from the speaker without reaching for your phone, and you can set up these, like, one-touch playlists, um, which just work through your phone so you can just program in i think it's like up to like three playlists that you can just have ready to go at just a push of a button and it just automatically does it it's also got two bluetooth connections so you can actually pair up two different phones and you can just flick there's just two essentially two buttons that you can just push and it will just flick between the phones so there's not so much annoying faffing around trying to connect when you're at a party or something and so you won't have any kind of break in the music although the only thing is we i was trialing it kind of this weekend with that and if more than two people obviously want to be in control of the music, which often happens at parties once the booze starts flowing, um, then it becomes a problem because then you can't, you got to remember which button you were and then you've got to assign someone else to the other one. But then if someone else then jumps onto the one you were on, then you've got to redo it or get them to disconnect. So it, it kind of does work, but it still has its um, drawbacks. Like you'd almost need like 20 fucking programmable numbers really to, to make it work. But then, I don't know. I mean, the fact they do two, it's pretty cool. I mean, you can't really criticise them for it. So, And it did work when there was just two of you trying to use it. But as you get yeah more drunk, it got a little bit um, chaotic. But it's, it was still pretty cool. And the battery life, 24-hour batteries. Um, I think that's about half volume it does 24 hours. But half volume's pretty antisocial. So you can't even take it to half volume, really. So we were running it probably a quarter volume, and it was fine. Um, and we had a full weekend, Friday night, Saturday night, and a bit of Sunday morning, and it, it was still like 40% charge on it, so it was mad. Um, so it just never runs out, so that, that's cool. Uh, the app seems really good as well from Audio Boom. Uh, what's well, so sorry, uh, Ultimate is sorry, not Audio Boom. Um, and um, yeah, highly recommended, really good. So, like, that's, that's the um. Uh, Ultimate is hyper boom, highly recommended, very effective, works really well. Uh, I'd recommend pairing it with a little standard kind of mega boom. Um, I think that would be pretty cool. 
Um, and hang on, let's just check the other little specs here. Um, charge time 2.6 hours is pretty good. It can remember up to eight paired devices. So I guess you could program it in, but I don't quite know how it works that, but maybe it's, I don't know. Wireless range is 45 meters, which we did test out and it's pretty accurate. I went down somewhere that's probably a bit beyond that and it did lose connection, but it held that connection pretty nicely. And the dimensions, 364 millimeters high by 190 by 190. So pretty hefty and it's almost six kilos and it's a two year limited hardware warranty. So yeah, very cool. Very, very cool. So, um, and like I said, if you pair it with like a Mega Boom or a Boom 3 or something like that, I think it would be a really decent system. Maybe get a couple of Boom 3s. Um, and uh, yeah, for less than a grand, you get a really banging sound system, honestly. And then it's fully portable. You can just take one or a few of them away with you, whatever. So depending on the sort of party you've got, if you're just down at the beach or... Yeah, so that was very cool. Highly recommended. Um, like I said, you can definitely haggle JB Hi-Fi down on the price a little bit. Um, but online deals, you probably get it for around that 550 to 600, but definitely aim for that 550 if you can, because you can definitely get it for that. There's, there's enough margin in the price for, to be able to haggle that down. Um, so yeah, I'd recommend it very much. Very, very cool. So and like I said, a bit bassy for my taste, but you can EQ it a bit on their app as well. But, um, as soon as you're in like a big room, it's fine. But if you're in a smaller room you'll notice the bass a bit more, but that's just the nature of sound, really. So, um, yeah, so there we go. That was pretty cool. Highly recommend that. Um, let's have a little flick through into what's going on as we're on the kind of musical stuff. We'll jump on What Hi-Fi and see what's going on. Dynaudio Heritage Special, or a limited edition modern retro stand mounter speaker. So, um, Dynaudio, really cool make of... Uh, speakers um they actually do really good car audio i've got that in my car um and they've got these new heritage special speakers which are two and a half thousand pairs available world worldwide each priced at five thousand five hundred pounds so um they're not exactly cheap they definitely do sit at the kind of the higher end of um audio but they're very cool they do actually a really decent wireless speaker but they're like super expensive it's like two and a half thousand dollars or something so it's um yeah they look kind of cool so you can actually have a look at that on the hi-fi website they're around um, this really nice kind of dark wood um the classic kind of tweeter design that dyno audio tend to use um really nice looking speakers they really nail it's just kind of minimal and nothing too overly fancy but they just look awesome and these are obviously stand mounted so they're bookshelf speakers essentially but you need to put them on stands to get the most out of the sound um there's lots of technical stuff here but 10 year warranty fucking hell see that's the thing you spend that sort of money on it you do want it to last so anyway that's pretty cool uh what else have we got going on um sound and image awards 2021 let's have a look and see um that's all like music and stuff it doesn't really break it down very well really does it anyway let's have a look through and see if we can hang on a minute give me a second oh that's an overly complicated website fuck that jesus christ why can't they make these things a bit more easy Hmm. Let's see what else we've got going on. Bear Dynamic T1, third generation headphones. Five stars from What Hi-Fi. 
these are kind of on-ear headphones um pretty expensive $1,600 Australian which is quite a lot for a pair of headphones um they look pretty cool though mostly metal and stuff um yeah, Biodynamic are a good, a good brand, and actually, even going down through into a slightly cheaper area, that they um, they have some pretty good headphones as well. So if you're unsure of brands, then yeah, Biodynamic are pretty sweet. I have to say, um, they could be worth a little look at. So they were yeah, Biodynamic T ones, the latest ones. Um, what else have we got here? Um, Philips, yeah. Fidelio X3 headphones look pretty good. Four stars from What Hi-Fi. A Roku stream bar. Um, it's like a little... It's like it's got streaming stuff in it. It's like an audio booster with 4K HDR streaming built in. So if you've got a sort of not-so-good TV, you can just buy this thing, plug it in, and it gives you slightly better sound, but also has all the fancy apps built in. But that seems a bit weird, because most televisions do actually have these smart TV features. So, I mean, maybe if you've got a really old TV, it's worth having, but that seems like a bit of a niche thing. Um yeah, I don't know. Four stars from what Hi-Fi is pretty good. Sound is, um, it says, in short, it's functional. And that relates to the stream bar's sonic performance too. It isn't hugely dynamic or spacious in the way you might expect from dedicated sound bars twice or three times the price. But fundamentally, it projects voice as well and with a decent amount of detail for the money. So, yeah. If you think of the Roku stream bar as an upgrade on your TV rather than an entry into proper home cinema, then it ticks pretty much every box. It doesn't quite make the five-star grey, but it does nail those aspects for which it's most commonly going to be used. Projection and clarity. Yeah, so I guess it's good for if you're watching a lot of dialogue-based stuff, then it's it just does boost your TV sound, I suppose. So um, let's see how much it is. £130, $224. Well, actually, that's pretty good, considering... So if you've got like an average kind of cheap-ish TV that's maybe, it is a smart TV, but maybe it's not the fastest or most responsive, generally the speakers on that TV, if you're just using the standard speakers, probably won't be that good. So for this, you know, $224, £130 UK, or $130 US, um, that's not bad. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I quite like that idea. So as a little kind of upgrade to your TV, then that's good. But if you've got like a, you know, $3,000 TV, then it's probably not going to make a huge difference. But you'd probably, you know, <laughs> want to be spending a little bit more if you're going to do a soundbar or something. So if you're going to go soundbar for a TV, just go with Yamaha at the moment. They're really knocking it out of the park. The um, I think it's the YAS207. There's a 208 now, I think. They're pretty good. Um Again, five stars off what Hi-Fi, and I tend to kind of go by if they've um, liked it, then um, that's generally a good sign to say. Um, let's see what else we've got going on. Obviously, we've had all this release of the PS5 and Xbox Series X, which um, has been an interesting launch. I mean, I guess launching it in the year with all this COVID stuff was never going to be easy because I think they've had... I just burped, I apologise. I think they've had supply issues, obviously, because trying to build all these machines and get them out on a for a global launch, which is pretty much simultaneous global launch everywhere, 
it was um it was always going to be challenging let alone with all this covid stuff and a limited number of staff that you could actually get building the things because they're all pretty much handmade i mean i guess computer you know machines can do a certain amount but they're quite fiddly so and from what i've heard the, even the play the playstation 5 is quite a difficult thing to build like they get even just like the way the motherboard and everything works together it's quite complicated and they get a pretty low success rate of machines they build that actually work um which seems mad when you think about it, but yeah, so that's caused a few issues. Um, but then there's also this thing where you wonder whether some of it's partly deliberate by effectively limiting the availability and making it hard to get. It kind of drives up the demand for it, I think, which is is a really annoying thing if that is what they're doing, but I wouldn't put it past them because it's kind of what Sony did, but I think for not Sony, uh, Nintendo with the Switch. But I think with Nintendo, they just didn't know how popular the thing was going to be. And so when they did it, it was a very innocent thing, I think. And they just built as many as they could or as many as they thought they'd need to build and everyone went crazy for them. And then it became very hard to get. And it's even still now quite difficult to get older ones sometimes. So um, you wonder if like Sony and Microsoft saw that and went, oh, actually that's quite a good sort of marketing strategy. And it seems to be, even with graphics cards and stuff at the moment, it seems to be a common theme. So I wonder if it's just a thing they're doing or if it is just an innocent thing and it's just, oh, we can't make as many as people need, which could easily be the case. But um, I'm a little bit cynical about it. Um, really what they should do, if they planned it properly and limited it, they should then go, oh, no, we've figured out supply issues and boom, ready for Christmas and just make them available everywhere. But that's what I'd have done if I was going to plan this deliberately. But I guess we'll know because if you still can't buy them at Christmas, which would be a huge market for both of them, then um, it's, uh, yeah, we'll know if it's uh, them being dodgy or not, I reckon. But I don't know, it's just a weird thing for me that... You've got people who seems everyone seems to want these things, and I think both the Xbox Series X and the PS5 are sold out globally everywhere. So even if you want one, you can't get one at the moment. So it, I feel like whichever of those two companies can start making more of them and get them more readily available, it could persuade someone who was, let's say, going to get an Xbox to get a PS5 if they can, if that's available, and vice versa. Like if you can't get a PS5, but then the Xbox suddenly becomes available. Maybe you'll buy that instead. So it could cause a bit of, I don't know, crossing over between the, the hardware. Because people are very territorial with these things, which I never really get. It's just kind of like these like console wars or something. It's just mad. Sorry, tea break. Um, so, yeah, it's it's a bit of a strange one. And what's weird is, like, these machines have come out and they said, oh, it's revolutionary for gaming and all this shit. But it's not really... They still can't get close to what a proper gaming PC can do. Like, really. I mean, then, you know, they've just at least released them with the latest specs as per, you know, cutting edge as much as possible at the moment. But there's still gaming PCs that can outperform them by quite a large margin. So I guess now that the consoles have jumped up a step it means that pc gaming can jump up further which is always tends to be the case um you do sacrifice a bit of stability with pc gaming as opposed to console gaming but um although that's happening less and less because the latest assassin's creed valhalla game got released and it's really buggy apparently so it's like piss a lot of people off but um 
So, yeah, and it's a weird one, really, because even like the PS5, like if the, the new Spider-Man game that came out for it, which is, I, th- I found this a bit weird, even on the PS5 version of that game, it gives you two options. You can either play it in full 4K, 60 frames a second, but without all the fancy kind of graphical RTX shading and reflections and all this kind of cool shit, which is the whole reason to get the thing, really. So you can't have that working with the RTX turned on at the full 4K, 60 frames a second. It has to be 30 frames a second, which to me just seems like such a... Like, what's the point? I don't get it. And it isn't supposed to be as powerful as the Xbox, but um, it's performing better in some games because of... I don't know, it's just how it gets programmed, I think, as well. So... um, and then supposedly the PS5's got a faster solid-state drive, but then the Xbox, which helps with loading times, but then supposedly the Xbox is actually loading games quicker. So that's weird. So I don't know what's going on, really. It just seems like um, everyone's just losing their mind over it when, I don't know. I mean, I guess for the price, you can't build a gaming PC that performs like that for the same money. I really don't think you can. So I guess in that sense, it is pretty good value, and it's worth getting one if you're into that sort of thing. But, um, but you know, you can play all these same games on the older Xboxes and Playstations anyway. So at the moment, maybe there's not much point in getting one. I don't know. So maybe that's why they've been making them hard to get to try and drive up the demand and make people want them more. Because I didn't really want one. And now that I can't get one, I'm like, oh, fuck, I think I want one. So it's, yeah, it's really weird. So obviously it does work. Um, so I don't know. They are kind of cool, though. My mate got one, so I'm interested to see how it is. And I'll probably get one eventually, but I think I need to wait until you can actually, A, get one, and B, that it's that I think it's worth the money. Because in, in Australia, it's like $750 for the machines, so it's quite a lot of money. Um, and the PlayStation is slightly cheaper. but uh, So I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how it all goes. But um, anyway, enough waffle of games. You probably don't want to hear about that. So we've got some, let's have a little flick through digital trends maybe and see if they've got anything interesting going on. Um, Black Friday is coming up so you can get some decent deals. It's mad, even through a pandemic people seem to be buying a lot of stuff. It's kind of crazy when you think about it, but anyway, it's getting into more debt. But I suppose it keeps the economy going, doesn't it? So, yeah, anyway. Um, oh no! Watch it. Watch this thing this morning. If you follow Dave Chappelle on Instagram, I highly recommend watching his recent video that he put up. Um, let me just check what time it went up. Um, so he released this little stand-up bit um, about Dave Chappelle. Let's see. Eight hours ago. So this is Wednesday. The 25th November so if you look at that one that you put up then it's um it's a really interesting thing he talks about what um Comedy Central did to him and how they kind of ripped him off for the Chappelle show and that he still he doesn't technically really own the Chappelle show and the name the Chappelle show um because he just got I guess duped into signing this contract and what's really amazing, actually, is you might have noticed this happened, but they released the Chappelle show on Netflix in, in America a couple of weeks ago, and Chappelle didn't really know that until it happened. And then when it happened, he actually spoke to the Netflix guys, explained to them what happened with him with that, the whole thing and how he was ripped off and you know, never really got paid for it, and we got paid a very small amount. Um, and then 
it made him feel really bad that they had it on the, their platform and Netflix just removed it, just took it off their platform. Amazing. So that just shows, I guess, what these newer kind of, I guess you'd call them networks, I suppose now, it kind of show, yeah, Netflix just seemed to be really a bit more supportive of the people that, I guess, give them all their money because, you know, it's the people that create the content for them. So um, so that was pretty amazing. And actually in this stand-up bit, Chappelle asks all his fans to boycott any streaming service that puts the Chappelle show on it and not to watch it because he wants to put pressure on the guys that own the rights to it to essentially remunerate him properly or give him the rights back, I guess. Um so he's just asking everyone to boycott it, basically. And I think HBO Max in America also have it on there. And they were one of the companies that turned him away and told him to fuck off back in the day. Um, and now they're showing, you know, now they're streaming his show. So the same show that they didn't want to do back in the day. So, yeah. So he's trying to get people to, I guess, to try and give him the power back, I suppose. So he's just going to say, you're always just saying to everyone, don't, please don't watch it, don't stream it boycott them, you know, if you're, I think it's Vizio or Vizio are the, are the shareholding company that own a lot of the rights to it or something. So he's trying to get their shareholders to, you know, say something and, you know. So, um, yeah, it's got an interesting way because he says that, like, the people who have all the power, like, who are essentially his bosses are the people that watch his stuff. So they're the people that can really support him. So, so yeah, so if you like Dave Chappelle, want to get behind him, then don't watch the Chappelle show on any streaming service. And let's hopefully he can get it back. Cause I feel like if he can get it back, then he, he kind of, I, I get the idea. He kind of wants to, you know, bring the show back and, you know, make a new series and, but he can't at the moment because he, he could do something obviously, but it wouldn't be able to be called the Chappelle show because he doesn't have the rights to it or the rights to his name, which is just mental when you think about it. So it's like they own the rights for eternity <laughs> basically and everywhere, everywhere and for, for eternity. Um, it's worth watching his little stand up, but it's really good. So um, yeah, so I'll check that out. That's pretty cool. Uh, right. What else have we got going on here? Let's, um, we could check some news, but that's just all a bit fucking depressing, isn't it? So um, I might just flick through a few more gadgetry things, maybe some more gaming. We can go to IGN and do some spoiler alerts. Um, actually, there's the article on IGN about Dave Chappelle um, asking Netflix to pull his show off their thing, and they do it, which is so amazing. A new game coming out, Cyberpunk, soon on the 10th of December. That's going to be very cool. I was going to wait to get that before I you know, get my Series X and then get it, but I think I'm going to just get it anyway because um, it looks pretty amazing. So um, let's see. The Expanse is renewed for sixth and final season. It's supposed to be quite good. I started watching it, but I haven't got that far into it yet. Um, actually, what have I been watching? Gangs of London. Highly recommend that. Well worth watching. It's on Stan in Australia. I believe in the UK it's on just have to buy it it's possibly it's on like sky on demand or something um excuse me in america i guess it's on hulu or something i'm not quite sure but you can just buy it through apple tv i think so um but it's well worth watching it's like a cross between peaky blinders luther and john wick 
<laughs> it's fucking amazing. So, uh, really good story, great acting, awesome action. Like every episode has got at least one awesome action sequence in it. Like really well done, just brutal, realistic action sequence. And it, it is pretty violent. So don't watch it if you don't like extreme violence because it is pretty full on. So um, yeah, maybe um, yeah, stay away from it if you don't like that sort of thing. So. Um, what else is going on? Let's have a little flick through. Um, digital trends seem a bit boring. Let's check on CNET and see what's going on there. Lots of Black Friday stuff. 2021 Porsche 911 GT3. Looks pretty fucking sick. It's a car I won't be able to afford. Um, airline credit cards. What the fuck? I don't want to use that. Queen's Gambit, that's another good one I've started watching. That's getting quite popular on Netflix. Um, well worth checking out. I think it's like a Netflix original series, so that should be available everywhere that you have Netflix. Um, the best net gators for 2020, if you're interested in that sort of thing. Jesus Christ. Uh, Apple patent application seeks to electrically detect windshield cracks. Okay, that sounds interesting. God. PlayStation 5 is the weirdest scene weirdest thing I've seen in my life yeah it's got quite controversial with the, the design of it I don't mind it I mean it's interesting I suppose but it just seems like a bit impractical in terms of shape and design and I kind of like the Xbox more it's just a basically just a inconspicuous box with good cooling which is all you really want from a PC you know because the trouble is with the PS5 it's so fucking big you can't fucking put it anywhere so like you have to just hide it away somewhere anyway because you can't physically fit it anywhere because it's so f huge um anyway never mind i'm waffling um jesus christ netflix is all just seems to be just fucking adverts for stuff um and it's really weird like what i've noticed it's um i've been reading the reviews between the ps5 and the xbox and even though the x the ps5 isn't as powerful as the xbox it seems to be getting better reviews, which it doesn't make sense. Like, why? I don't quite get the difference. They're both powerful machines. They both play next-gen games. They both do what they're supposed to do. They work properly. It just seems weird that the PS5 is getting better reviews than the Xbox. I mean, I think maybe there's, people are saying it comes down to the games that are available on it at the moment, but it doesn't seem to be that many exclusive games for the PS5 that are worth playing. There's maybe the Spider-Man game is supposed to be pretty good, but um, and really the Xbox hasn't got any new, you know, first-party games because Halo got delayed. But yeah, it just seems a bit odd. I don't quite get it. Like again, it's this weird kind of bias towards PlayStation there seems to be about, which I don't quite get. It just seems really strange. I mean, I don't know. Anyway, whatever. It's just a bit odd. I guess it's just the way the PlayStation is marketed. I mean, in Japan, no one likes the Xbox. They just want a PlayStation. Apparently, that's just how it is. Um, but I don't know. It's just weird. But then both are sold out everywhere, so you can't really say one or the other has had more success than the other. So i say just buy both fuck it and then you got the best of both worlds really so um because it's going to be exclusive on both so anyway what else is going on cnet peloton fuck that fortnite chapter two it's all phones and everyone like the the, the iphone 12 comes out and then they just already talk about the iphone 13 it always fucking happens it's just ridiculous so anyway never mind um what else have we got going on here maybe some sporting news 
um, um, Sky Sports. Let's have a little flick through. Although, to be honest, I'm probably going to talk about some uh, various... Uh, God, it's always fucking cookies, man. You've got some cricket news. England are in South Africa at the moment. They're starting a tour there, which should be quite good. Um, Formula One. It's a really difficult one at the moment because Sergio Perez keeps proving... He scored points in every single race this season. And the only ever driver to do that is Hamilton, who's you know now seven-time world champion as of last week. And he can't get a drive for next year, despite the fact that he comes with a shitload of money as well. It's so weird. Like, it's... um. I mean, you saw in the last race, like he went forward where Lance Stroll went backwards. And um, I just want to, I don't know, it just seems crazy that a driver of his talent can't really get a drive. It's just, you know, it just shows the problem with Formula One at the moment. I guess it's how competitive it is, I suppose. But um, yeah, it's interesting. I don't know. Let's have a look at some gossip, see what's going on. Um, F1 column gossip live. Hamilton playing tennis, him and his dad. It's quite funny. They're both terrible, but they're still playing, it's, which is great, you know. <laughs> but they're, um, yeah, they're not very good. But I guess, you know, not everyone is. It's um, They hit a lot of slice shots, which is a very classic way to play tennis when you can't get your topspin going. But, um, yeah, it was quite a funny video. <laughs> so uh, you can watch that on his Instagram. Um, Illock joins young, young drivers at Abu Dhabi Test, so Britain's F2 frontrunner Callum Eilot, I think it is, yeah, is the latest young driver to be confirmed for the postseason Abu Dhabi Test where he will drive for Alfa Romeo. Um, Eilot is contention for the F2 title with two races to go when the season returns in Bahrain next week. Um, he's a young Ferrari driver and has been scheduled to make his F1 practice debut with customer team Haas at last month's Eiffel Grand Prix before that session was cancelled due to poor weather. That was, that was all the rain. Um... So that's going to be interesting. I mean, there's a bit... I, I, Alfa Romeo, I'm pretty sure, have confirmed Kimi and um, Giovinazzi for next year, but Haas have still got two seats available, essentially, and it's potentially Callum Eilert and Mick Schumacher could get the drives. It's I'm not sure it's been confirmed yet, but it'll be nice to see another Brit in Formula One. So um, Alonso prepares for his f return to F1 next year, continued with his second run out in Renault's 2018 car, this time at Abu Dhabi's Yas Marina circuit. So he's had another test there, which is good. Um, so that's cool. Yeah, that's going to be interesting to see um, Alonso back. I wonder if he'll be on the pace. Like, uh, you know, They need someone to replace Ricardo, who's as good, and obviously I think Alonso is. So it'll be interesting just to see if he can get back up to pace quickly enough. But it's Alonso, so I think he probably will be able to. So um, Hamilton is rumour. I think he's been nominated for a, a night ship. Night ship? Is that the word? I don't know. Um, so I think uh, I'm pretty sure Boris Johnson's nominated him to be knighted which is cool I think he should be really when you think about all the work he does in terms of charity stuff and positive environmental stuff he talks about and you know and everything that he's achieved I'm surprised it hasn't happened sooner but I feel like this year maybe it, w it was the year to happen because it's just everything's worked out so well for him this year and just how he's carried himself and um, this new Hamilton um, federation or whatever he's created um to help 
bring minorities into sport, well, mainly motorsport. Um, so that's cool. Yeah. So I'm, I'm hopefully he gets that. That'd be really cool. Um, Christian Horner says Red Bull are going to give Alex Albon more time, hopefully to claim his 2021 seat. Sergio Perez and Nicky Hulkenberg will still be available as a team wait to make a decision. So it's a weird one with Red Bull. I think I've talked about this before. I feel like they should have just told Albon he's got the drive for next year, halfway through this year, because he was clearly struggling and needed a confidence boost, and I think that would have done it. Um, because, I mean, let's face it, Red Bull, I mean... I don't think they're quite good enough to win the championship even next year, but the year after they could do. So to have two established drivers with the talent that Albon has, and obviously, I mean, obviously Max Verstappen's got the talent. He's probably one of the best in Formula 1. Him and Hamilton, I think, are a step above everyone else at the moment. Um, but to give Albon the confidence this year to go into next year and then have him settled in the team by 2022 when they could be in with a real chance of... Um, you know, challenging for that title, it just seems um, like they just haven't quite managed it very well with him. And I think they've made mistakes before with their drivers by kicking them out too soon. And it's with Albon, it's been kind of not one or the other, and he's just in this little limbo. And obviously he has to grab the seat himself and make the effort, but he clearly struggles with confidence. So I don't know, I'd have probably dealt with it a bit differently if I was kind of managing him. So we'll see what they do. But they know they could bring in Perez or Hulkenberg and have a driver that's going to be pretty good and pretty consistent, probably more so than Albon. But I think Albon's got more talent than either of those two. So he just needs to kind of realise that talent, I think. And the only way that's going to happen is to get his confidence up. So, yeah, it's an interesting one. I just wonder what's going to happen with that. Um like I said, if I was Red Bull, I'd have dealt with that situation a bit differently and just given him the, the seat and gone, there you go, it's yours. It would have taken a bit of the pressure off. He could have just built his confidence and, you know, not been so stressed out having a few bad races. Because remember, like, Max has a... He's had loads of bad races where he's made mistakes and crashed and done all kinds of stuff, you know. And, yeah, it doesn't dent his confidence because he's so hyper-confident that he can deal with that, but... And he just knows his own ability and everyone else knows his own ability. So he's not at risk because he knows he could leave that team and walk into Mercedes pretty much if he wanted to. So, um, yeah, it's interesting. Anyway, Hamilton contract horse, it's going to happen. Everyone's stressed out about it, but he's not going anywhere. Fucking hell, I don't know why people keep pestering him for it. It seems like Toto Wolff's going to take a step back as team principal, but he'll still be involved, I think. So maybe that has been a bit of a contentious point for Hamilton just to see what's going to happen, but I don't know. Um, cricket. The India are coming over to play Australia soon. I think that's going to be a pretty good season. Coley's only here for one test match because his wife's pregnant and about to have a baby, so he's going to fly back for that, which is cool. Everyone was all pissed off about it, but it's like, well... Come on, it's his first kid. Like, it's just, I think that's more important than cricket. I'm sorry, but he's done so much for Indian cricket that I think he's uh, he deserves a bit of a break, especially after the chaos of the IPL and all kinds of stuff. So anyway, um, what else is going on in the cricket world? I mean, England, South Africa. That's going to. Um, I think that happens Friday, first game. Um, I'm pretty sure that's. Um, 
3.30pm UK time. I think it's just a one-day match. Yeah, it starts with some white ball cricket and then into test matches, I believe. So, um, yeah, that's going to be good. So, yeah, what else is going on? Maybe I've waffled enough. I'm a bit rusty with all this stuff, to be honest with you. I want to get back into doing these a bit more regularly um, just to try and keep the episodes ticking over. So, obviously, we'll have my Formula 1 summaries still. Um, but I think I want to kind of keep going with these, uh, you know, little gadget summaries, seeing what's going on. You know, in the world of gaming and music and audio gadgetry and televisions and all kinds of cool stuff like that. So, um, yeah, I'll try and get back to um, doing these sort of things a bit more regularly as well. And, and we'll try and get some more guests on scene. It's just difficult with, um, yeah, just getting people on. With, it just, I don't know, it's tricky. It's tricky. So, um, I mean, I can do the, the voice call ones, which are okay, but it's, it's always nice to have people actually here. It's a bit more engaging, so... Um, but we'll do that soon. We'll, we'll get we'll get back to it soon. So yeah, cheers for tuning in, everyone. That was someone at Whiskey Tales. We'll be back with another episode soon. We've got the Formula One stuff happening this weekend, so we'll be back with that one. And I might do another one of these later in the week as well, maybe on Friday, and just sort of round up a few more gadgetry things. Um, maybe do some research and actually talk about some things a bit more specifically. Um, I mean, I got the iPhone 12 the other day, so I could do a little review of that. But I mean, it's basically it's a phone and it works, and the camera's pretty good, and uh, that's kind of it, really. So anyway, but I'll maybe do a proper review of that potentially. So um, yeah, all right. Cheers, guys. Thanks for tuning in. We'll be back soon. Bye.